if you're good enough, then take the chance. I wish I'd set up a hell of a long time ago. I wish I hadn't left it so late to do it. Just trust in your ability um, because with a little bit of training, you can get anywhere. Um, and like I say, if you've got any projects at home, that's just been rotting forever. Do you know what? Go for it. Nothing's impossible. And like you say, it's like every job you do. It looks hard from the outside, but once you get the basics and get a feel for it, you'll, uh, you'll love it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that aims to provide you with tips, tricks and ideas to help you find or create a way to get paid for what it is that you're passionate about. And I'm going to start off this week's episode with making a bit of a confession. For some reason, and I have no idea why, the audio on my end of the interview was absolutely garbage and I'd hate for that to impact on the quality of the listening experience as we find out about Nige and how he's built up quality. See what I did there? Okay, okay. But before I start explaining what Colletig is, let's hear from Nigel himself, who will do a much finer job than I could ever do him justice. I'm Nigel from uh, Colletig, and I run a specialist uh, aluminium welding shop here in Coventry in the West Midlands, offering restoration on classic bike parts. So basically... If you've got anything that's either damaged, smashed, and you want to bring back to life, then uh, I'm your man to do it. I then moved on to asking Nige what he wanted to do when he was growing up and if TIG welding and welding in general was something that was at the forefront of his plans and his ambitions when he was thinking about his career. Do you know, actually, I don't know what I wanted to do. I just really, you know, it's like when you're, you're 16 and you just want to be able to get out there and you're and, and just do something really but um most of my friends were going into engineering if um, i had to pick anything and i've done that i lasted one day uh, and i think i got fed up of smelling of suds all day so uh i ended up working for a company called covered heat transfer as my first full job and yeah i started off in the warehouse just doing a packing delivery and bits of bobs like that uh, and then one day i got the opportunity to learn a different skill, which was aluminium welding. Obviously, I've never heard of it before. I didn't know what it was, but um, the manager of the company obviously seen something in me. And uh, yeah, he offered me a, another skill to work in a welding shop. So sort of snapped his hand off. Started off working in the welding department in Colbrad. And yeah, like I say, I didn't uh, understand anything about it. But I just got to thank one of the guys that I worked alongside. And he was that good at what he'd done. I think every day I went in, I was quite in awe of this shiny welds that he was putting down. So yeah, I just basically wanted to be better than him. So yeah, in a nutshell, I do a lot of aluminium fabrication and welding. I've done it for motorsport. I've done it for uh, marine. I've done it for industry. Um, but I was getting quite a lot of calls from a lot of my friends who had classic bikes. And what this is, is there... Um, it's just something, just say you've got um, a cylinder head off a bike and the fins smashed off. Yeah, I was just getting a, a buzz out of being able to regrow these. So what that means is if you haven't got the old piece to put back on again, I basically build it up from scratch so you can never know there was even a join and, a, and it make it look like it was uh, the original part again. We know a lot about classic bikes. These parts keep the bike original. So all these parts have like um, serial numbers on. So if they could bring this part back to life, it actually keeps the value on the bike and it keeps the bike original as well so fantastic to hear there how nige started off his journey into learning tig welding and getting into the world of 
classic bikes and doing those fantastic repairs. I then moved on to asking him about another opportunity that he spotted and that being helping people to actually do this for themselves. If there's anybody out there that wants to learn to do aluminium welding, if you're a young kid or there's somebody who wants to train for a full-time job, then there are so many colleges out there. Definitely go to your local training centre and they do yearly training programmes. They've also got codings. They've got everything you want to put you on the right track. What I offer people is the people that are either coming up to retirement um, and they've got three or four months uh, and they want to be able to do their restoration from home. They want to be able to do TIG welding and basic MIG welding just as a retirement plan. And again, most of the people that I do uh, the classic bike tour, they actually like to watch me do my work. So they'll spend an hour, two hours just seeing what I do. And on the back of that, they sort of get a buzz and they want to be able to do stuff themselves. Just one day classes on people actually want to do their own bits. If you want to learn some basic restoration and plates or pipe and you don't know how your mix set works, you don't know the way around your, your TIG set, you want to learn a bit of basic aluminium welding, then yeah, no problem whatsoever. Just have to give me a call and, and I'll gladly help. Um, it'll be on my website and also on LinkedIn as well. Now, rightly so, then, Nige mentions how if you're looking to do this as a career, you need to get the right qualifications. But instead of going through a rigorous process of getting qualified when it's not necessary, Nigel has been able to help many people with realising their dream of repairing their bikes and getting started with welding. And here's a fine example of how he's helped one of his customers to get started. And without selling them something that they don't need, he's been able to help them continue on their journey, which is something I think many of us can learn from. Don't oversell and give the customer what they want. I've got a phone call out of the blue from some lady saying it was her and her husband's 45th wedding anniversary. And he's got a mix set at home. He's forever tinkering around his garage and he's never, ever learned to weld. And he's always wanted to do basic restoration from home. So she just asked, could I book him in for a day just to show him what's what? So, yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. We spent a day working from a workshop, bacon sandwiches, cup of tea and Frank Sinatra in the background, which he liked. and. Halfway through the day, the phone went off and it was the same lady calling me. And what she said was she wanted to buy her husband also a mix set to go with the training. So I told her what the basic thing was, what would do him. And yeah, that night he got home. He'd had a four days welding, which he was more than happy with. And, uh, and he got into a nice new mix set as well. So he was able the following day just to basically jump straight onto his hobby and make his dream a reality, really. So in a nutshell, that is exactly what I do. Offer people the basics of what they want, especially with this COVID going on at the moment. If you've got any projects or anything at home, a lot of people at the moment are like Zoom calling me, showing me their welding checks. They're showing me their welds and just advise, asking me for advice on what they actually need to do. And, and do you know, that's no problem at all. And obviously when this band's lifted and we're able to get back doing one-to-one -one again, then... Uh, yeah, anybody who needs any help at all, it'll be perfect. But like I said when I first started this talk, if you guys are doing it and wanting to do this for a full-time profession, then go to your local college and the guys are fantastic. They'll be able to give you everything you want. So as well as spotting opportunities, Nige is a fantastic example of somebody actually going out and doing something. Instead of just sitting there thinking, what if Nige jumps into action? And again, he's got a great example of how he's used his initiative and by taking action, how he's been able to use that 
to build up the success of quality to where it is today? It got to like, say, February, March this year and ask a local guy about building a workshop for me and a double workshop from home. And yeah, the prices they're asking for was extortionate. So I ended up just going on a, a two week bricklaying course to teach myself the basics uh, and then ended up building a double breeze up workshop myself from home. And it's it's perfect um, for what I need. It's got a double shop in there now, one for my welding and one for my training. And that's why I say when people come around, it's just it's well away from the home. Um, it's got back entrance for safe entrance for customers coming in and out. It's got a nice little patio area for people to uh, sit down, enjoy a cup of tea and have half an hour in the sun on their break. So, yeah, it's just worked out really, really well. And then obviously my website as well. I've got my website rebuilt uh, in the last few months. Um, and obviously that's gone up by about next to four or 5,000 people in the last five or six weeks viewing it. So that's exciting times as well. Um, and things I'm going to be adding to this website as well. You know, obviously I display the work I'm doing. I'm adding a blog this month. And the option of that is, it's sort of the same sort of idea as um, the restoration that you have on the television when people turn up at your door and you do the repair and then they come back a couple of hours later and the job's done. Um, but that's exactly what I face every day. It's like I say, it's people drop the bits off and, and uh, you're meant to make these little miracles happen each time. And it's just so good to see people's expression when they don't think you can actually do it. So, yeah, so we actually, like I said, we spoke about maybe in the summer, we'll, uh, we'll be able to get like a little studio uh, and we can start having these like video sessions of, of this kind of thing as well. So, yeah, it's happy times at the moment. So as you can hear, Nigel is continuing to plan for the future and I think it's a wonderful idea, him actually sharing what it is that he's doing and creating his own little TV show based on the turnaround of the different welds that he can produce. I, for one, I'm certainly going to tune in because I think that sounds awesome. But Nigel is so much more than just somebody who does welds. He dedicates his free time to volunteering for the Air Ambulance Service. And the thing that interested me most about this was how he's used the opportunity to build his skill set and how he adapts his message depending on the audience that he's talking to. I ended up taking over the after-dinner side of it. So I started doing after-dinner talks. And like I say, when it comes to doing these talks, you could stand in front of like Mavis and 50 of her friends at Bingo tonight. Or you can have 100 bikers at the local pub and you can be sitting on a pool table with all these intimidating faces around you but they're the most amazing people you could ever meet. And then at the end, you can have like last year's Christmas party for the HSBC, where you've got to do a talk in front of these all half drunken people, which was so funny and amusing. And I loved, I loved every part of it. But like you say, it's like you as well, Liam. It's um, as long as you can sort of get a reaction within the first couple of seconds. So, for instance, when you go to the bingo hall, they're not bothered about me turning up on the stage all they're thinking about is bingo's going to start after Nigel's gone and that's what they're interested in so I just basically walk across the stage and say do you know what the last time I was just nervous I'm sure I was actually in this place one in one number at bingo and the whole room just erupts and starts laughing then and once they do that you've got their attention but as for the charity do you know what I don't think I could pick a, a better charity for myself I only I picked it mainly because the yellow heli flies over my house sort of every of a day on the path 
and my little boy was going to the window every time it went over. Dad, dad, look, the yellow bird's here, the yellow bird's here. So it led me down that way because it's such a happy uh, charity. Uh, a lot of people um, seem to think it's like a, an ambulance in the sky, but actually it's not. It's an actually operating theatre in the sky because uh, with ambulances, they actually, as soon as something happens, they're able to stabilise you until um, you get to the hospital. But the minute that the air ambulance lands, they can start, they can open you up and start saving your life from the moment they land. So it's an absolute monster of a charity in my eyes, definitely the fourth emergency service for me. And yeah, it's basically given me the sort of personality and uh, the, able, the, the chance to be able to talk like I do today. And who could argue with that? Now, it's not always been easy for Nigel, and he didn't pick up his skills where people are sending him parts from all over the world overnight. And this part of the interview is where Nigel explains one of his biggest challenges and how he overcome that so he's prepared to deal with anything that's thrown at him in the world of TIG and MIG welding. The hardest challenge um, is probably when I first started doing the welding, to tell the truth, because I just happened to be working with people that or individuals that were so good at what they do and I was basically left on my own to sort of fend for myself so when I was younger it was just a case of do you know what you had to fend for yourself and oh, every single day I was getting battered with all these hard jobs and mocking up I, I copped up so many times everything I was doing I was doing it wrong and wrong and wrong and it just got to the point where do you know what? There's nothing at the end of it I couldn't do because of this, the, these daily lessons I was learning. So it's a perfect quote, like people say at the end of the day, it's okay making errors, but if you don't take anything from these errors or lessons, it's a waste of time. And that was perfect for me because you were getting knocked down so many times doing it. One day you had to turn around and start climbing back up that hill again. And it, like I say, it got to this stage now where I'm doing these classic bike parts. These bikes are coming from, they're coming from all over the world, Spain, Italy, France, Germany. And most people wouldn't even consider taking on what's actually going to turn up. So half the time you turn up and you're not sure what it is. But I'm not afraid because, you know, what? I know that I've faced basically nearly everything possible I can. And I've hurt more than the most. And I know that once anything lands, it's an exciting challenge for me because I know I'm strong enough and brave enough to face anything that's coming my way now. And I think Nige hit that exactly on the head. Things might be difficult when we start, but if we use every opportunity as something to learn from, then we'll just improve what it is that we're doing every time we get to practice whatever it happens to be. We then moved on to hear about Nige's proudest moment and what he considers that to be. Now, this is it. Even though it's the most challenging, it's the most stressful, I'd probably say with what's going on in my life now, um, because I'm actually seriously being challenged for, for the first time, whether it's to do with my business, it's, whether it's to do with home. All of us are, are going through such a difficult time in so many different ways. And I'm, I'm no different to anybody else. So it's being proud of setting up what I'm doing setting up the workshop at home um, I didn't have that this time last year and I'm proud of that I didn't have the website this time last year I didn't go self-employed till September this year so I'm basically proud in in digging deep in these really difficult times because so many people out there are struggling 
And all of us as a team, we're doing our own bit to get by. So I'm proud of, my, I've got an amazing family behind me, um, my little boy and, and the rest of them. I'm really proud of how they always support me, always sticking behind me. And yeah, I, all I can say is, you know, I'm proud about everything in my life, but I'm also proud about everybody as well. I'd like to just to thank everybody um, for every bit of help I've had, uh, every bit of support I've had, and let's, let's just hope it all continues. I think Nigel's absolutely right there. It's been such a testing time for us all, but he's right to reference how proud he is of what he's been able to achieve, and rightly so. Especially in these difficult times, I think something that many of us are doing is underestimating how difficult it really is, and if you're able to keep going to keep pedaling keep a positive mindset and taking your next steps on your path to getting work savvy then it's certainly something to be proud of we then discuss how Nigel has found it transitioning into his own business especially at this time and obviously how proud he is but also he offers us this advice if it's something you're considering doing using your knowledge expertise and experience to start something of your own well, the biggest part is if you know what if you if you're good enough um then then take the chance um i wish i'd set up a hell of a long time ago i wish i hadn't left it so late to do it and just trust in your ability um because with a little bit of training um you can get anywhere um, and like i say if you've got any projects at home that's if you're rotting forever do you know what go for it um because nothing's nothing's impossible and like you say it's like every job you do it looks hard from the outside, but once you get the basics and get a feel for it, you'll uh, you'll love it. So it just leaves us to say thanks so much to Nigel. Been a pleasure speaking with you, sir, and we wish you all the very best for the future. No, Leon, thank you very much. It's been actually a pleasure talking to you tonight. And if anyone is interested in picking up with Nigel and finding a little bit more about what he does, if it can be of benefit and help to you, or even if you're looking for somebody to have a friendly chat with and to bounce some ideas off, I know Nige is full of positive energy and has so much value to offer. So finally, I'll leave Nige just to sign off this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope it hasn't been too weird of an experience, me giving commentary rather than the interview itself. Anyway, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'd say if anybody wants anything, even if they just have a question, um, they don't have to need anything whatsoever, then uh, the quality's here for you.